recognizing that those like little areas and times of giving back and feeling like I was doing work that mattered really were important to me. Like how I can make my work be an act of service and like how can I give back to my community and like how can I I make my work more meaningful and... You started off in industrial design mm-hmm. and then you moved across to graphic design and now you're just strictly illustrating? Yeah, like I, um, that's kind of like what I would love to be doing more of. Uh, but yeah, illustrating and then running my own feminist brand where I sell like stickers and enamel pins, t-shirts, tote bags, mugs. That's the main thing at the minute, but I am, you know, taking some illustration jobs where I can and if I can fit them in but like it's kind of funny like I find myself doing the work of the feminist products and the illustrations on those but I kind of would love to be illustrating full-time it's kind of this weird I'm like it's definitely like one of those things where sometimes like how did I like get here but I think it's just because I love making stuff so doing the drawings or stuff and then turning it into products was like is really up my alley so i guess i just started doing that myself so when you say like you you know like when you ask yourself how did you get here how how did you get there if you go back to when you started what what was the thing that prompted you to to enter into industrial design and then how did you move from there to what you're doing now well at the time so when we started university got like it seems so long ago now uh yeah I always was drawn to industrial design so my dad is like a mold and pattern maker so he was always like engine like making things and making molds and I loved design and drawing but I loved always like making things and like how it works that just always interested me so like industrial design seemed like such a natural step to be honest, like I had a bit of like a breakdown after I think I did like one semester or one year. Um, my grandmother had passed away in my final year of high school. I was battling an eating disorder. I just, I couldn't cope with the coursework, to be honest. It was just a bit too much for me at the time. And so I, um, I didn't want to quit. I wanted to do something, but I just the industrial design side of things. And I think it was just also because Monash where I went, it was such a boys club. And like, I think when we started in the year level of 80 something, I think there was only like four, maybe five girls. I can't remember. The the figure was really low. And then I dropped down. I think a few other girls dropped out. There were some that finished, but it was just like so automotive focused and that just wasn't my thing. And I think that just put me off a bit. But um, yeah, and I remember going in and just making the decision to switch over to graphic design and um, it just felt like there were, you know, still good sort of job opportunities. It would still be a good fit. I still got to be creative and draw, which ultimately was what I love to do. So yeah, I started to do graphic design and then yeah, graduated from there and kind of like I started working before we graduated. I had a job I won an internship and then started there and then basically we wrapped up and I continued to work there so I kind of had an easy transition into like work life I guess 
I totally forgot about that internship <laughs> because I was supposed to be doing that as well. Far out, that yeah, hadn't even crossed my mind. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, and that was right at the time when we had that that financial crash. Yes, so that that's we, how I um, lost my job. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Uh, they did it. It was a packaging. And that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, packaging design company. That's right. Oh my god, um, packaging design company, and they did a lot of work for the US. And so when the financial crisis hit. There was, I think, mm. two or three of – there was a couple of us that ended up going because I was, of course, a junior and kind of just started there. I got the boot, which was totally fine. It opened up more opportunities for me. And, no, that's kind of when I just decided to start traveling. And I had – because I'd been, you know, straight from school, had the eating disorder and mental health issues, kind of limped my way through university, then kind of started working. Like, I'd never had that opportunity to take a break and travel, so – I wanted to, I'd also really got into running at the time. So I got in and like, I was signed up for the New York city marathon. And so then I was like, you know what, I'll go run the marathon and then I'll like do some traveling. And that's when I decided to just kind of spend some time in Vancouver and just see how, you know, just head over and stay there for a bit. So here I am. What, like, uh, I think I first came over here in like 2011 and I'm still here. So <laughs> it's been a while. Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, a lot of what you have done has been a matter of just trying to find that balance between work and life. Yeah. Actually, there was a good part in there that you were working over at Lululemon. Yeah. So, you were doing that here in Melbourne. Yeah. For a good bit. And then... Yeah. Also, Vancouver's the home, right? It is. Yeah. So, I worked... Um, so, when I kind of left and I had already signed up for the marathon, I think I had about six months before I actually left. So... I was just like, well, I'm not going to get a design job because I'm leaving in six months. I just need a job where I can go to work and not worry about anything and just get some money. So I ended up working at um, a Lululemon store in the city um, on Burke Street. And I met some great people there. I think it was a really good environment at the time, just the kind of positive outlook they had. And um, I think that really helped my mental health a lot, just like the active lifestyle and things like that. Um, and it, then it set me up to get work in Vancouver at the head office there, which was great. So I, yeah, I worked there. <clears throat> I think all up my journey with Little Lemon was about six or seven years. Yeah, I worked at head office and I worked on the brand team and I worked um, in the, on the store design team. Kind of like the store designer was like, here's the space that we need some sort of activation in or something and you figure it out so that was really fun and it would kind of like cross the lines with like almost industrial design because I got to like conceptualize in like 3d and like okay I've got this space how can I make this work and like what budget restrictions would come in but like I and yeah I basically had another breakdown <laughs> so that's that kind of ended my journey at Little Lemon I was so stressed and it was just really affecting my health and I wasn't enjoying it. And I think it was one of those jobs where, you know, you'd go somewhere to like a party and people were like, Oh, what do you do? And you explain it. And they're like, that is so cool. That's amazing. You have like the best job. And I was like, I fucking hate it. Like I, it was such a disconnect <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, and then I thought it was like, it was me because I'm like, well, I should be enjoying this. All these people think this is the best job ever. And I, I kind of like to explain it as the best job and the worst job I ever had. It just, the thought of going back just caused me so much anxiety. And, you know, then there was also that battle of just um, feeling like I'd let people down, um, letting myself down um, and my partner, my husband down. 
but you know, it just, yeah, it took a lot of time and a lot of therapy and, um, medication to kind of get back on track and really be able to see that it just wasn't fulfilling, you know, my creative and my, my needs. Like I, yeah. And it was, again, it's that like trying to pinpoint whether it's like, okay, do I just do this job for just a job? I think I was just trying to make it be a job, earn money and fulfill my creative needs. I was trying to make it everything and it just, Mm -hmm. it couldn't be, it just, Mm -hmm. I left and um, yeah, I took a lot of time. I, you know, I remember having a conversation with um, my doctor, I think. And I was like, like, I've left, like, I should be fine. Why am I not fine? And she was just kind of like, well, you've just been so stressed for so long. You know, it's not going to take just like a couple of months to, get back it's going to take like months or a year or more and that was really hard because it's it's hard yeah, mentally to, to just be like everything. wow I have to be like really kind to myself and give myself that space to recover and like we don't just bounce back all of the time just you know okay yeah shit I had a shit day or I had a shit job a few months like okay tomorrow I'm going to be better or like give myself a week off and then I'm fine you know I think our society can kind of gloss over that sometimes and you're expected to be okay just like you know yeah take a few days off and you'll be fine it's like well it doesn't always work like that and this was before thank goodness we had kids so it was um it allowed me the time to have a bit of a break but I ended up getting like a part-time job at a screen printing studio so it was just something to get me back into earning some money but also just like taking the pressure off and just being creative and I'd always been interested in screen printing and um, just to kind of see how they worked and then help out on their like graphic side of things. And, you know, I'm still really good friends with the owner owners of that business. And it's been, it was such a great experience and um, they've been such a great support, like creatively and business wise for me, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, then when I worked there, I fell pregnant, had a kid and, you know, my, other creative stuff just kind of, I guess, was happening on the side all along. Like I just, um, I think before I left Lululemon or just as I was leaving, I'd started to kind of do a few markets here and there of just like, I was making like tea towels and like printing on fabric and just kind of like making a few bits and pieces just as some sort of creative outlet. And after I left and had my breakdown and I just kind of like kept going with that and, you know, making Christmas cards and I guess kind of more crafty things. And yeah, I started working at the screen printing studio and then so like was getting them to help me screen print like tote bags and t-shirts. So that's kind of like how my business kind of grew then on that side of things. Um, So obviously I left to have Amelia and then I just kind of was like, well, I kind of want to keep being creative, like just because I'm a mom and looking after this baby. And especially, you know, in the early days, like just lie there and sleep. So it was just kind of I could keep going um, with some of my creative things. Just, I didn't, I'll be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know, I didn't have a plan of where I wanted it to go or what I wanted it to be. I just knew I wanted to keep those creative juices ticking over essentially. Yeah, I think like with the, looking at a lot of the, the roles that you've had was trying to recognize what it was, the role that those jobs played in your life. And then, you know, primarily for you, it's always just been about just having that creative outlet, no matter, no matter what it is. But then once that starts to get taken away, then what's, what's the point of doing this? One thing that I really, that I've admired about you for like forever 
and taking a lot of inspiration from is how you've been comfortable with recognizing the importance of your mental wellness mm -hmm. throughout your journey. And it's something that we've 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 talked about for years. And you know, you've been comfortable to share. And like I said, I got a lot of inspiration out of it. Mm -hmm. Like I started running as well to take care of that. And first thing same as you is like, fuck this, I'm signing up, I'm gonna do a marathon. <laughs> Can I do it? I don't know. Yes. But I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'll get there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this the the, the the balancing of all the components in your life from having the responsibility of taking care of yourself so you can show up and be the wife be the mom and then also like what is it that your the fulfillment that you get out of your work obviously at times is you know went too far too hard at it to the point of burnout but i think there's so many of us that do endure way more than we should and would just suck it up uh, and not even ask ourselves what is it that we want out of our jobs out of our uh well basically any facet of our lives right and mm -hmm. then like you know i think that it's it's a conversation that that we don't have enough mm -hmm. and trying to find that balance and finding fulfillment in what it is that we do that's something that i'm currently well not even currently but for the longest while of just having a to tussle people generally find they find it hard to be vulnerable that way but with you it's helped you get to the point where you're at now so with tough titties that has been you just channeling and bringing all those things together mm -hmm. and putting it towards something that has for you that has purpose that that has significance with your life and where you're finding fulfillment yeah so can you tell us a bit about that yeah what are you doing with that yeah i think um you know, you really kind of hit the nail on the head there with like just having something that has a bit more purpose. Um, and I think that's, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And looking at my journey, like on my other jobs and especially Lululemon, it just felt like I was working and working, working. And I was just like, for what? Like, I just, it didn't feel like I was making a change and, or, yeah, it just wasn't fulfilling in that sort of sense as either. And so I've always really, I shouldn't, I don't know, like enjoyed giving back. I mean, the two times I've run the New York Marathon, I've fundraised for that. Um, it's kind of come up in little areas of my life for a period. I fundraised for like um, the Butterfly Foundation for Eating Disorders. I did some cancer fundraising when my grandmother passed away. So like, recognizing that those like little moments like areas and times of giving back and feeling like I was doing work that mattered um really were important to me like I've also sorry this is kind of like <laughs> jumping a little bit onto something else but it will tie back I was doing I've been doing some like personal development work which is again something I really um resonated towards during my time at Lululemon they do a lot of like goal setting and things and I really did gain a lot from doing that personal development work and it's something that I have continued since I left but just in on my own and doing it in a way that I resonate towards and um yeah I found this guy actually he was a Monash um graduate and I did a course recently through um Monash alumni um he's always it's the app is called Mojo or the course 
and it's his name is Ben Crow. Anyway, a lot of it comes down to something that really resonated with me with doing the course was acts of service. And, um, you know, mm. I've been chewing on that a lot lately and what, how I can make my work be an act of service and like, how can I give back to my community and like, how can I, I make my work more meaningful? And yeah, so while I had high things for Tufties this year, like I'm rebranding and I've got a new website coming and really focusing on how I can turn um, that business into kind of, you know, donating more towards like breast cancer research um, or even, you know, more feminist issues, um, you know, and that's the thing, I'm still working on pinpointing exactly what it is, but trying to like build into my business model of instead of fundraising every October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, how can I make it part of the you know, business model year round, like how can I give back to the community year round and make, make it kind of so, you know, I'm, I am making a difference and feel like I am fulfilling something and, you know, giving back really is important to me. And it's something that I have recognized that an acts of service, it's just, you know, it's just kind of working on how I can make that work and just feel a bit more fulfilled in that sense. And that's the other thing, being authentic with it. I was trying to rush it and it j- just to get it launched like before Christmas. So, you know, and all of this. And I just had to recognize that if I'm going to do it, I need to do it properly. And I was in rushing it. It didn't feel authentic because I was trying to just cut corners and it just wasn't sitting right. And, you know, there were a lot of times where I was just like, you know, I'm not working hard enough. I need to make this happen. I should be able to make this happen. Like, this is not like, you know, I was pretty hard on myself, but then you know, I've had to just be like, no, you know what? Like this will happen and I'm on the right path. I just have to take a step back. And again, it's that whole like mental health as I like, hold in the second, like, what is this really costing me right now in terms of like my mental yeah. health, my family life? Navigating this space and, and trying to figure out what you're doing with it um, one mm-hmm. one bit of advice that I got from a good friend of mine when starting this podcast, yeah, he said just just remember, with deadlines, no one gives a shit. Like, and I, I recognize that so because true. I was like, I was telling him, I was like, I've got, I want to get this done by then, 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 so then I can release by this date. And then it was like, why, why by that date? It's like because I don't know, I don't know why by that date, but that's the date that I set. He goes, yeah, but the thing is, is that. No one's expecting you to get it done at any particular time, right? So just get it done when you can get it done. You know, you got to find what it is, why it is that you're doing this and put that into it and to not be too unrealistic with your expectations. And by unrealistic, it wasn't even about setting standards and goals too high. It was about like, don't want something from it that you actually don't want from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, what what is it like why are you doing this and i and and back to your point about doing something for service so i think a lot of people don't recognize how essential that is uh for themselves Mm -hmm. at, at the core yeah and as a very vital part of how we function within any community that we're in whether it just be in the in the family group or in your friendship circles, even in, in the workplace. I think that like with workplace, that, that becomes a bit of a, a bit of a weird area because they want you to give so much, but then it's not reciprocated. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a lot of the, the disparity in the, in the workplace, uh, the tensions are. But I think that a lot of people don't really ask themselves or don't, 
don't recognize what level of give or what their contribution is. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that they want to leave behind? And and I think that individually, that's something that we've got to ask ourselves. And then that's that's kind of, you start off with that, like what's your purpose? And it's so hard because like it's a practice and, you know, it might be something this year and something different next or next year, you know, and it's just a really mm. good question to kind of keep asking yourself. And like, that's why I continue to do like, you know, the personal development work because it just, and also recognizing that, you know, it can change. It doesn't have to be set in stone and that's okay. But I think just continuing to do that work. And I think especially for me with my mental health and, you know, going through ups and downs and it is important for me to kind of keep, you know, those uh, values top of mind or like in a place where I can see it and like keep coming back to it because that really mm-hmm. helps to refocus and in those times like even if it's just like okay you know what like I just can't do this right now like I don't have the mental energy or whatever it's just you know it's there and you know that's what you've got working towards eventually and um you know I was talking to a friend of mine um just this past week and we were chatting about we've both had a bit of a shit year and I feel like there's a lot of us out there that this year has been really, really challenging in so many different ways. And we were chatting about, um, you know, just money and, you know, no one when you die talks about, Oh, you know what, Emma, she just had such a great life. She earned so much money and she just had money, you know, she did all these things, but you know, she earned a lot of money from it. You know, you talk about, they talk about your experiences and the way you affected people, the way you, you know, like treated people or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's those things that people remember or like it's not how much money you earn. And, you know, it just, yeah, it just brings back that whole like acts of service and like um, your legacy and things. And, you know, it's just always good to focus on that. You know, it's it's hard right now for a lot of people just with the way the world is and, Uh, you know, the cost of living, it's really hard and it's hard to like not get caught up in, oh my gosh, we need to like earn some more money or, you know, really not spend money. It just feels like there's just like a lot going on with money right now. And I just, I'm like, you know what? It's just not, I don't work to make a huge, huge sum of money. It's, it just takes away. It's just, I've tried to do that and it just doesn't work for me. It's just not um, healthy and it's not what makes me happy in the long run. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the trade-off. Yeah. You got to identify what it yeah. is. Like there are certainly some people that are absolutely driven that way. It's not even mm-hmm. money for the sake of money. It's it's a it's a score. They're keeping score, right? And and the and mm-hmm. dollars is the the points. And they can dedicate and put their energy into playing that game and chasing that and that's that's where they find their fulfillment. And I was listening to a podcast just recently where they were talking about social media when you're looking at other people's lives and seeing their successes. Mm-hmm. Well, like we all know that that's just all bullshit. We all know that that's people are just showing up a like the 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 best versions yeah. of themselves, but also b mm-hmm. it, it's just it could be completely fabricated. But the whole notion of you know comparison is the thief of joy. And that's something that mm-hmm. I have been actively working on is just recognizing 
what is so great that I have right now? What can I build on from what I already have rather than looking at what someone else has? And on this 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 podcast that we're talking about, like you, you can't just look at one quality someone has and saying that I want that. I wish I had that because it's just the yeah. whole package. You've got to take all of it. You got to take everything. You got to take the bad with the good and walk in their shoes mm-hmm. from day one. Like, what am I willing to give up? You know, they might not have a family. Am I willing to give up my family for that? No, no way. So that's what yeah, am I willing to give absolutely. up for what they have? Is like yeah. honestly not much at all. So do I want that? Really? Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, I guess probably not. So you know, we all have yeah. the opportunities just to 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 make something of it, like what you're doing and just navigating along and meandering and then figuring out you know identifying the blocks identifying the challenges overcoming them and then pivoting from there and slowly by slowly you're just bringing it all in together yeah it's kind of funny how life works out you know it's just i know it's a hard time right now but it it's just what is it like that whole like arrow analogy like you gotta like the arrow gets pulled backwards to go forwards so it's just you know sometimes you do have to kind of go backwards a little bit or you know, when I'm driven and inspired, I think that's the hardest thing is like when you get that like inspiration, you're just like, oh my gosh, I just want to work on this so bad and make this happen. And then it's like, oh crap, mm. like the kids are only in daycare like twice this week or like they're sick. And like, you know, I work a lot at nighttime um, and on the weekends. So, so yeah, sometimes I do feel like I'm giving up that time with my family, like weekends. And that's when it's, things start to feel out of balance. I'm like, look, I love what I'm doing, but also like this is actually cutting into time I could be spending with my family and making memories and, Mm. um, you know, the kids are still young and sure, like will I even remember this period? Probably not, but that doesn't matter. Like I want to make the memories with them. And yeah, I'm just, I am grateful that I can be a mum and, um, you know, be with them most of the time. And also just like another interesting thing is just, sorry, this is like a total tangent, but just sort of seeing which child is like, <laughs> which one I think is going to be the creative one out of the two of them. And like, you know, seeing their drawing skills and just like, oh, I think you're going to be the artist or, you know, not that I'm putting pressure on them, but it's it's actually really fun to kind of see their little personalities and just kind of see which one I think might be creative. How do you challenge their creativity? Well, do you know what? It is actually really hard, I find, because I try to just, sometimes I just want to take over, like just seeing them like make a mess with paint and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, oh God, like it's so hard not to be like, no, do it like this, do it like this. But um, yeah, honestly, just kind of just letting them have, I, I think I learned pretty early on, like it's just like, no, just let them kind of have a free for all essentially. It's just like you get the pen, the mark, like the text is out, the paper and just let them go crazy like there's been times when my kids just like when they paint like they paint they'll just like paint all over themselves and just kind of letting them have that freedom to just try things and just Mm. you know just have fun they just they're still so young they're just kids but yeah I kind of um I do think about it a lot I'm kind of like oh well if one of them is creative like how am I gonna like foster that and um yeah i'm not sure yet i haven't kind of figured that out but i'm sure it will come yeah just kind of always you know giving them the opportunities to have creative play and um having it part of their life that's important essentially yeah just boundless with with lennox Mm -hmm. he he 
there's there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. One of the similarities mm-hmm. is that he gets really frustrated when he gets something wrong. He strives to make mm. things perfect. And I'm trying to encourage him to break from that because that's basically what's going to stop you from even trying. So there'll be yeah. times when like I'll buy him. He'll, he's got a bunch of visual diaries and he'll be drawing mm-hmm. in it and then want to rip out that page. Like, no, 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 no. Keep that in there, man. Like you have to go back. You've yeah. got to go back and recognize like some of the mistakes that you made and use that as a reference build from that grow from that so don't be afraid of doing things wrong because you kind of have to that's that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna grow and and develop your way of expressing your art your creativity but then on the other hand where we really differ is that he can just get wild and messy with it i've always been really neat compartmentalized (laughs) and gridded up my work (laughs) Uh, but like, yeah, he likes he likes to go yeah. and uh, yeah, and I'm like, dude, go for it, go. Like I'm sitting here and, and it makes me uncomfortable to see, but in in that <laughs> discomfort, it's like I know that's how you should be doing it, and that discomfort for me was was a roadblock, was was hindrance. So I think mm. I like I like the way that he approaches it, but I just wish yeah. he would give. Well, that's the thing. Like kids are such a great lesson for for us as well like it's a good thing like yeah i definitely mm, for a long time i was like oh my god the mess i can't deal with it i was just like hold on a second no like this is fun let's just like make a mess and it's a good mm. reminder for all of us to be a bit more playful as well but um <laughs> yeah i do i love that like the kids challenge my creativity in that way too and just that i can tend to be a bit like you in that respect but it's just it's definitely a good life lesson of just to like play more and just not take it so seriously mm-hmm. as well just have that element of fun yeah. in there because yeah is and fun, i'm trying to get so. back back to that space as well there was a a good part of maybe about 10 years when i was doing a lot of painting you know i, I exhibited in you know with co-exhibits a bunch of times as well and then i just mm-hmm. stopped my, my parents have yeah. a lot of paintings of mine like half done and just speaking with all these creators just made me realize that to the point I was just making before that there's this thing that's stopping me from wanting to try from just doing it wrong. It could just be like, you know, with art, mm. it's it's basically like there's no there's no control Z, right? Like you, you just you're doing mm. it and then yeah, what yeah. it is is what it is. You can't undo that. Yeah. And then I think that's why I, I stopped creating a lot of art and move towards design because you know when i'm doing design especially with branding i can have really meticulous control over what i do and get everything perfect right get it so neat and Mm -hmm. so perfect and it the whole way there's mistake after mistake after mistake but what i'm showcasing is something that is so tight and regimented and neat that they hadn't seen all that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing about art. It's like you kind of see all that as well. You know, I think it, it's also, um, I know sometimes as much as I love what I'm doing with Tough Titties, I still feel the innate need to like draw and create art. And it's kind of funny, like I do see myself, my future self as being identified more of an artist than anything else. Like it's definitely something I really want to foster I just know that right now um, with time constraints, with kids and things like that, it's just not the right time to kind of fully dive into it. But I make, and you know, like for me, it's just like sometimes if I don't have enough 
time or mental space to kind of get into it, I kind of was like, well, what's the point? I don't have that time to um, like mm. just jump into it and really go for it. And I, I know that that stops me sometimes because I'm like, oh, I just don't have the time for it right now. You know, sometimes we have to recognize it's like, okay, yeah, I do want to, how can I like bring those things into my life? But also knowing that sometimes it's just not the right time and you'll get there eventually. Um, that can be really hard to recognize and just to kind of accept. I think I've had trouble accepting that and just like, oh, I just want to do it now. And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that instant culture, but just having that sense of like, I kind of know that like, I've always had this weird sense and I can't explain it that like, I will get to what, I'm meant to be doing, but it's just not going to happen for a long time. Like I've always felt like I will be more creatively fulfilled later in life. Yeah. And I guess I just have that sense of calm. And I always come back to that when I'm just feeling a bit flustered and not sure of my direction or what, I just know it's going to happen. I don't want to call it success because it's not like, oh, I'm going to be like this famous rich artist. It's just more that sense of feeling fulfilled in my creativeness is going to, it will come, but it's just not going to happen until a bit later in life. And I think, I don't know, that's just kept me grounded and especially going through everything at the minute with Tufted's and just having, yeah, step having to take steps back and just be like reminding yourself that things, it will work out and happen. Just, you know, and all of these things right now will lead to that and just trust it. But to, to, to your point about like when you were talking about that being success, it absolutely is success. And, you know, like mm -hmm. I think that's that's another thing that we haven't really given much energy to evaluating is what we mm -hmm. consider as success. You know, we're using a lot of external measures of success mm -hmm. uh, and, and comparing our lives with that. And that's that's where we also have like, for me anyway, like that disparity between why am I what is my measure of success? Like, what am I considering as yeah. a successful life? And why do I see that that person is successful in what they do, but I don't see it? Like, just the framing of it is, it's very personal, but yet mm -hmm. we're comparing standards that, that we don't really care about. We have these particular data points, these metrics that we're comparing with something that doesn't, that is just way too nuanced and subjective that we can't make the comparison, but we absolutely should. So like, for example, you know, people would, they, they will give up their joy and fulfillment because how do you measure that for a job that pays well? Because you can measure that. There's, there's a dollar sign attached to that. So, you know, yeah. we are comparing something that doesn't have a metric to something that does. And then how do you balance that or how do you how do you put them side by side and decide which one has more value to you and you know like we absolutely we, we just we, we find it hard to to weigh that up mm -hmm. Corey and i haven't done it in a little while but um like every new year's we used to kind of reflect on the year and just kind of look at what our goals were and what we achieved and firstly it was like the the for a couple of years, we really noticed the pattern of like everything that we achieved was in the second half of the year, which was really interesting. It was always after like May or June. That's when we started like actually getting stuff done. Mm. But it, it is kind of nice to do. And like even when I feel like um, I've had a really rough year or a couple of months, 
you know, just to sit down and like look back on the achievements of the year. And like, for example, like on anything, like I got my citizenship finally, Canadian citizenship this year, which has been a long time coming, Mm -hmm. but like that was like a huge amount of work to get there. And just like taking a moment to acknowledge those achievements and it's just so easy to focus on the negative and, you know, one negative thing can happen and it just can derail us. But it's just really such an important thing to me to like also like reflect and just be like, holy shit, it felt like a really hard year. And yes, a lot of crap happened, but also like in these moments, like look at what else we also achieved and got done or like, you know, we still have to acknowledge those and celebrate them. And I think we can just get so and I know I do it. I do it all the time. Just like, oh, God, I didn't launch the website this year and the rebrand and it all fell through. But it's just like, yeah, but, like, I did all these other things. And, um, yeah, I'm a big thing. Like, I love to look back and celebrate those achievements, whatever they look like, um, just to kind of switch that thinking too and just like, you know, it's not all bad. <laughs> like, we do have, you know, you still get a lot done. And even if it is you know, bad things. It's like, what have you learned from that? And what can you do mm-hmm. different next time? Or like, what, what, you know, what have you learned about yourself in that process? And um, yeah, I think that they're, they're big, they're huge things to kind of, no one likes talking about character flaws or anything, but, you know, to kind of do have things happen and recognize those things, that's huge. And, you know, also to do the work to either like, to better yourself or I don't like using that, but just to kind of be more self-aware, I guess. You've got a good point there. Like, you know, when when you're talking about recognizing your achievements and no matter what it is that they are, it's it's just, it's it's a way of of you just framing to yourself who you are as well when Mm -hmm. you are constantly just seeing the struggles and you know when you, you, you when you frame it in a way that's okay so what have we what have we what have we gained from this what have we learned from this particular experience and and just mm-hmm. being a bit kinder to yourself to being able to recognize that like hey you know what shit's hard and um yeah. we got through it yeah. and this is this is what we're building towards and when you're able just to, when you start framing your situations differently, you know, your emotional state changes. And then when your emotional state changes, then your actions change as well. Mm-hmm. And then when your actions change and you start doing the right things, it affects the way that you think, the way you feel, and then that just keeps on snowballing. So, Absolutely. it is largely to do with how you frame your situation that you're in. Yeah, like both of us are, have, have kind of done similar things when we're, moving along the way and not recognizing and just kind of like just being at the mercy of our careers and just letting things go as they go and then realizing we get to a certain point we're like oh my god this is not this is not what i thought i was going to be doing because we didn't take Mm -hmm. the time to take stock and to recognize the situation that we're in yeah but it's kind of funny because like i look back now and i'm like oh i thought i'd be like this hot shit designer and like you know recognize and I'm like but I don't actually (laughs) even want that like I I legitimately do not want that life and it's kind of funny how you just think Mm. that that's what you want and I'm just like oh fuck I couldn't actually think of anything worse like I don't know it's just kind of funny how I thought you think that's what you want and you just like oh god that sounds awful (laughs) no like you know you set you set yourself like let's say in early on you set yourself a goal 
And I was just speaking with um, a friend of mine the other day. Um, he was nominated for an Emmy Award. And Amazing. he was stoked. He was, yeah, he was wrapped with it. And his biggest yeah. takeaway from that was that when he got there and he enjoyed the day, it was, it, it was, you know, like it was a dream come true for him. Yeah. And, but the journey that he went from, firstly, from leaving uni through to getting nominated and being at the ceremony, there's years, right? Years. And there was a lot of, yeah. a lot of growth in that time where he, when then when he got there, he realized that there was more to everything he was doing than just the award where he thought that he was chasing the award. Mm. But then when he realized, when he got there, he realized that, that there was so much more growth that was happening in that time. So, you know, yeah. like to, to your point, like maybe if you, you know, we were once upon a time early on at uni, like they, you know, we ha have these, these expectations or these goals, but then in yeah. the pursuit of that, there's so many other things that get fired our way that just changes, that that moves us along different pathways, and we meandering. And you know, like I didn't didn't think in the in that equation of like having a family, but I've got a family, yeah. right? Like, and mm -hmm. for me, like that's been that's taken up such a big part of my my focus and my energy, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't give that up. <clears throat> So, you know, yeah. like we may have that, like you said, like you look back and be like, there's no way I would want that job. It's like, no, because yeah. what would you be willing to give up for it? Like nothing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, and I hate to say it, it is, you know, still also, you know, for women who bear the children and give birth and it feels like mm. you do have to take a step back from your career or give it up to have a family and you know, for me, I just look at it in a way like I just feel grateful to be having that time creating a family and spending with my children. Yeah, it does kind of suck, though, that women have to, you know, you feel like you have to make a choice. And I'm not saying it's like that for everyone, but it, it does feel like that when you go to have a family, you have to take a step back. And let's just say you're out of the workforce for um, like a year. You know, that's it, it really does suck that it still is such a, I know a lot of companies try to make it so it's not, women aren't impacted by that, but I mean, they are and their male counterparts, you know, move on ahead and, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult kind of time. And I guess I'm just one of those people where it, I realized that I wasn't super driven by my career. So I didn't feel like having kids was, really taking me away from that it was just like I said a pivot and um kind of just experiencing something new and something that will enrich and add to my experience having a family though has really been pivotal for me in also reflecting on what is important to me and what does work look like for me yeah I think that's also helped shaped like what I'm doing as well is just like okay well like what am I teaching my children and about working and mm -hmm. what am I teaching? Yeah. Like what kind of legacy, how do I want to show up for my children? And, you know, I want to show them that I worked hard and I did amazing things. Having kids has made it clearer to like what's important to me and spending time with my mm -hmm. family is important and teaching them that, you know, it's success is different to everyone and being true to yourself and being authentic and doing what you want to do in the end is far more important 100%. than earning a lot of money it's just you know 
again, it's that perceived, like what I should be doing versus what I actually want to be doing. I just want my children to do what they want to be doing and not what they think they should be doing. Talking about like with your kids and then trying to instill the right values and yeah. showing them, leading by example and, you know, like all, all these all these lessons that you're, you know, that yeah. they're teaching you that you're now having to represent and then and then show them and you know you that all comes back and you put that into your work and then with tough titties i think that as you're building that the time the, the it's just it's just a matter of timing and i think that when mm-hmm. you're dedicating the right kind of energy and being authentic with it those sort of things take time and it's not anything yeah. that can be rushed and it comes out Absolutely. you know even when you're putting yourself into it it comes out as it should so you've 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 passed your your christmas rush uh, kind of not really, no. I mean, <laughs> I okay. still am restocking. So I sell at six retail locations around Vancouver. So um, the stores are still pretty busy. So I have to kind of go around and restock them this week again. Um, so it was like oh. a big rush before Black Friday and like Cyber Monday and all of that, um, which is really big over here. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, people are just – you know, shopping up until Christmas. So it's just kind of that I basically like, it's just really busy up until Christmas day or boxing day, kind of a few days before. And then it's just like, and then I fall apart for like a week or two and I don't do anything and it's great. But uh, yeah, I've just like, I did two holiday markets this year, which markets like there were a lot of work, but I do love going to them because I'm exposed to people it's just so nice to have that feedback from people, which I don't get during the year because I sell either online or on through retail locations. So I don't get to meet the people who buy my product. And it it's really nice in the way that um, I get to meet people and it just also reminds me why I'm doing this and it does impact a lot of people and it means a lot to people. Mm. The market I had a couple of weeks ago, this woman, her and her sister's, all had double mastectomies. I think there was five of them because um, they learned that they had, um, you know, the breast cancer gene and that that was mm-hmm. their best option was to get their, have a mastectomy. So this woman was like so like obsessed with my work. She bought like eight T-shirts um, for like all of her sisters and like her daughters and, you know, um, you know, we ended up chatting for like half an hour or something at the market because she just was like, you know, the work you're doing is so important and it means so much to me. And like, yeah, just having those conversations with people is just also, it's like, fuck, I've had a really hard year and sales have been down, but um, it's just so nice to hear that from people that and get that feedback. And like, it's just like a reminder to keep going that I'm doing the right thing or I'm mm. on the right path. Yeah. People do resonate with the work and it, yeah, it touches them in a way. So that's really nice. That's the point. Exactly. If people want to check out your work and connect with you, where can they find you? Yes. On Instagram, it's at Emma Hands, like hands design. And <laughs> same on the internet, www.emmahands.com. Emma, thank you very much. Thanks, Wayne. It was so good chatting. <laughs>